This week on Lighting Money on Fire, NBA edition, we talk about the NBA, which is, of course, the National Basketball Association. Ty Lue no longer is in command in Cleveland. Clay Thompson loses his absolute fucking mind. The Rockets offer four first-rounders, and the Lakers are three games under 500. we We're going to talk about all about that, go over our best bet from last week, give you our best bet for this week, and maybe a whole lot more. Who knows? Grant's probably going to fix something, too. It's happening right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant and Jonathan. Sweet. Yep. So for those who listened to the NFL segment yesterday, you know now that we are doing these separately, NBA on Wednesdays, NFL on Tuesdays. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank but you. you're more welcome. Yeah. Jonathan. I wasn't saying it to you. I was saying it yeah, to you. Yeah, we are recording this on Tuesday, so we don't know anything about the Tuesday evening news in the NBA. Right. Um, so that's always how it's going to be, at least for the foreseeable future. If Jimmy Butler got traded, we're not ready to break that down. Right. But let us know, by the way, if you like this new format mm-hmm. of splitting it up or you don't, because we've had feedback from people saying that they would prefer smaller podcasts. And yeah. We felt like doing the different leagues at different podcasts, different days was a good solution there. Yeah, we'll see so, how it goes, but we're gonna let us know what you think. We're going to see if we like it. We're going to see if you like it. Tweet us at Money Fire Pod. Money Fire Pod. Money Fire Pod. Not Fire Money Pod, right? It might be one. It might be Damn Fire it. Money now Pod. I have to look. It's one of those things. It's I feel like it's Fire Money Pod. I don't pod. think I'm going to learn which order it's in for at least a year. I'm well, unsure. Great. It's got a flame. We are Money Fire Pod. Okay. Money goes first. Money's always first. That's the thing we have to... That's the way we'll remember That's it. the way to live your life. Money's <laughs> all, money money first, then maybe family, or maybe before family, you can go with possessions, because that's like a form of money. Yeah, let's not go crazy. Yeah, that family. sounds pretty good. Hey, this one's going to be spooky, because <laughs> it's Halloween. Yeah, that's right. There are some spooky standings that I want to talk about later. Good. That's one of the things that I've got written down in my goddamn notes. Well, okay, no need to get all profane on the listeners. Well, fuck you listeners if you don't like profanity. How about that? Okay, but you don't have to attack them with your words. Attack them with your fists. Okay. Listeners, come at me. (laughs) I'll punch you. (laughs) I would like to see that. I'd like to see all of that. But anyway, let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on. Or let's talk about last week's bet that we made. Yes. We bet on the Utah Jazz going to Houston. I believe they were favored. Uh, Houston was favored by, I believe, three points, two points. Two and a half. Two and a half. Guess what? It wasn't close. The Jazz won comfortably. That was a good bet by us. Yes. That was all you. Thank you. You wanted that bet. You liked that bet. You talked me into that bet. I'm glad you did. Now, it turns out Houston's been terrible. Houston is now one and five. Yeah. So it turns out, like, Utah's pretty good, but I thought we were betting on Utah. It turns out we were really betting against Houston. Right. You know, we didn't know that at the time. Well, we're so. doing both. Okay, but more I was betting on Utah than betting I mean, also, on. they did not have Chris Paul for right, that game. Of course. And subsequently, James Harden has gotten injured. Yes, so they're losing games now, and they're actually they're getting outscored by like nine points a game so far. But it's very early, and we certainly expect Houston to be one of the best teams in the league. Anyway, we finally week. got an NBA bet, right? That's our first one. Hallelujah, man. Uh, we're going to win. Uh, I don't know if we're going to win the Clippers bet, actually. I'm worried about the Clippers. The under bet. on the Clippers? Yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see. Kawhi? Kawhi's looking okay. We should have taken least. the under on the Cavs, man. That's the I one, know, that's the one who, that our stats guy was like. You guys are so stupid. Yeah, You're the worst. Kevin Love's so good. Stats it's like, guy's supposed to be smart, but I guess stats guy is just dumb as a fucking rock. Here's the thing. Not only are the Cavs 0-6, not only did they just fire their freaking head coach, Kevin Love is hurt. 
and they absolutely are going to be looking to trade him once he's healthy. Yeah. They're tanking. They want to tank. This makes perfect sense. There's no other plan that makes any sense at all except to trade Kevin Love. They signed him to trade him. And I was, I was listening to the uh, Zach Lowe podcast, and they were talking about this yesterday, him and uh, Warchanowski, and they both agreed that that's what was really going on in Cleveland, and it makes perfect sense. Of so, course it does. Yeah. It would be foolish to do anything else. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. We're about the old Tyron Lue, who was the head coach of the Cavs for the majority of the LeBron James stint in the second stint right. in Cleveland. So he was fired. And I have a couple questions about it. Great. Why didn't they just do it before the season? Um, I'm really struggling to come up with Did good they answers. Expect okay. To start out like six and zero. Oh, I or? think they thought they were going to be reasonable instead of awful. Number one. Number two. I think they didn't realize that there was going to be such an issue with him not really wanting to play the young guys. Like he wants to win and he's trying to win, and they're like, we don't want to win, and we do want to develop the players, so play the kids. He's like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm a title-winning coach. I, all I do is go to the finals over here, you know? Yeah. He's gone to the finals three times and won at once. That's his entire coaching resume for, through three seasons. And now he's coached six games in his fourth season and no longer has a job. I mean, to be fair, he was never actually the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers before LeBron James left, right? Like, LeBron James was the coach. I mean, that, that's something that's said a lot, but not true, right? Like, there's a lot of things. Coaches have many, many duties. LeBron James certainly didn't do almost any of them. He, right, may have had, he may have had a say in certain things, more say than most players, but Ty Lue is still the coach. Fourth right? quarter with 20 seconds left. The Cavs are down by two. Who yeah. calls the play? LeBron calls the play. No, Ty calls the play, but it's always to LeBron. And if it's not to LeBron, LeBron just supersedes that yeah. and says no. So in that way, I guess LeBron calls the play. Like LeBron has power to call the play there, right? Because in the end, LeBron will just say, guys, give me the fucking ball and stay out of my way. I'm going to handle it. And that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah. So I think to be fair to Ty Lue, he never got a fair shake because... Whether or not you say he's the coach or LeBron's the coach, over the tenure he had in Cleveland with LeBron there, he had the least power over his team of any coach in the NBA. Okay, that, agreed. That, I think, is pretty clear, yeah. right? So he never actually got to try to be a coach of an NBA team the way that most coaches do. And then he inherited, when LeBron left, a terrible Kevin Loveless team and didn't get a chance to really try that hard. So yeah. it's, it's tough to say if he would ever be a good coach or not. Like, my gut says no, but I could be wrong. It's hard to know. Here's something kind of interesting and maybe doesn't point away from Ty Lue as possibly any part of the problem at all. So the Cavaliers are not only going to be paying Ty Lue for the next several years. They're also paying David Blatt. Yeah. They're also paying Paul Silas, who was before David Blatt. Really? And they're also paying Mike Brown, who has been an assistant coach on the Golden State Warriors for the last two years and helped the Warriors to win titles against the Cavs the last two years, paying all four of those guys now. That's incredible. Yes, it is. Well, Dan Gilbert's just a sack of human garbage, right, as far as ownership is concerned? Is that just because he's quick at loans or for some other reason? That's a big part of it. I mean, so he's a loan guy, okay. But, yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys got But their... also, like, LeBron hates him. Yes. And he does not get along with the players. He didn't even want LeBron back, apparently. There's rumors that when LeBron came back, Dan Gilbert was sad because it would be LeBron's team and not his team. And I mean, he just couldn't say no. Let, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, let's like put a slight breaks on that. He didn't want LeBron back. He's the owner. If he didn't want LeBron back, he wouldn't have been back. Right. I mean, you can't say no to LeBron. So basically. he wanted LeBron back. He just was had reservations about yeah. it, perhaps. It's a little different, right? Right. Like, everyone else in the organization might have legitimately not wanted LeBron back. But if Dan Gilbert wanted him and LeBron wanted it to happen, it was always going to happen. Those are the only two guys where it mattered, right? So yeah. Dan Gilbert still has 51% of Dan Gilbert wanted LeBron back. Right. At least. Okay. Right. So but I would say that means he wanted Like, him typically, back. he's a guy who players don't seem to want to play for as much. At least LeBron didn't. 
I will say pretty much everyone in the league hates him. Yeah. If that's what you're going at. Absolutely. He wrote that letter, which is, you know, eight years ago now, but still hard to forget in Comic right. Sans about how the Cavs are going to win a title before LeBron ever did and all this stuff. Just completely absurd, crazy talk, which, you know, did prove to be crazy as well. That said, he was able to get LeBron back four years later and have an incredible four-year run with him. Like, he wasn't able to get LeBron back. Cleveland was able to get LeBron back because that's where he grew up. Like He wanted to win a title okay. for Cleveland. That's totally fair. But he wasn't so awful to be around that LeBron didn't go back. LeBron didn't have to go back there. Yeah, that's true. He chose to go back to Cleveland, and that was a little bit of a surprise at the time, right? Yeah, I'd like to, in relation to lose firing, talk a little bit about LeBron's stint away from Cleveland as well. Because Great. I don't know what the public perception really was, but at the time, my perception was that Eric Spolstra probably isn't that great of a coach. He's just got these incredible players and, like, mm-hmm. anybody could win with these guys. But it turns out, over time, proven that Spolstra is actually one of the better coaches in the league. It does seem to be. Really that. knows what he's doing. Yeah. So it's not fair to, to lump stuff on Ty Lue yet, I think. We know very little about Ty Lue, yeah. actually. Here's what we know. We know when he took over for David Blatt, which seemed really unfair, by the way, that firing, but whatever. It worked out in, as well as it could have. They won the title that year in miracle fashion. Mm-hmm. Ty Lue did change a lot of their offensive philosophy. They took a lot more threes. They, they went faster um, almost right away and then, started, and then did that for the rest of the LeBron era. And... That was, like, questionable, I think, to a lot of people, but it worked pretty darn well. And, like, he embraced this sort of new age of the NBA quicker than a lot of the other teams did Mm -hmm. and quicker than David Blatt did, for sure. And that probably really helped them win the title that one year. Now, a lot of things helped them win the title, but that is probably a big part of it. Draymond punching dicks. That really mattered, for sure. The block. I mean, LeBron being the best player of all time in the playoffs probably yeah. helped. And having the greatest playoffs of all time, which I think certainly the greatest, the greatest series anyone's ever had, has got to be that yeah. final series that LeBron had, right? Because they won. I mean, besides that, it's the same as his other final series. Potentially the greatest game ever played in the right. NBA. Right. Game seven of that series. How exciting was that? Yeah. Kyrie hits the three. LeBron makes the, the block. The, the Warriors basically don't score the last, like, two and a half minutes. Kevin Love shuts down Steph Curry on one possession somehow. I mean, craziness. Yeah. Crazy. I would love to go back to that time and just enjoy that again the way I did when it happened because, damn, that was a fun game to watch. I still remember sitting there. You were, I think you were there, and um, friends of ours who are really big Warriors fans were there too, and yeah. just, just sort of like the shock of watching it like unfold and like, oh, my God. They might really lose, yeah. which seemed unfathomable because right. they were clearly so much better than the Cavs. Right. This is like, you know, when they play 10 series and they lose one or two of them out of 10. One of the, like, maybe one time they lose because everyone gets hurt, and the other time they lose in this really bizarre fashion, barely, you know? And yeah. We got to watch that one half play out, and it was spectacular. It was spectacular. But new era now in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They're completely removing the old era. I assume they're going to start dumping the veterans, you know, try to get rid of J.R. Smith and yeah. try to get rid of Kevin Love and. Maybe they'll keep George Hill because he's cheap. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think you'd probably trade him, too, at some point. Um, I got to believe Ty going to get another job again as well. Probably as an assistant, though, right? I don't know. I mean, well, here's the thing. He's getting something like paid for like the next three or four years. He's getting five million bucks a year, I think, for the ne- every year for the next three or four years. So he's good. So don't cry for Ty Lue. He's fine. It's, I mean, it's probably better than having a coach there. A lot of people have pointed out it means his record is actually going to be quite impressive whenever he does get another job. Instead of having to go through an awful losing season, it's really going to hurt. It would really hurt his regular season winning percentage. I think that. it's probably good for his life. I mean, do you remember yeah. last year there were two weeks where he sat out for right. personal reasons as the coach? Yeah. That, that has crazy. never happened before that I've seen, except for like when a, a personal tragic event happens, like with Greg Popovich. Right. Or there's Tyron Lue was just like having a meltdown because right. he didn't know 
know what the fuck was going on. Right. Steve Kerr missed half the season because of back issues, but that's yeah. physical. It's different. Yeah, um, I agree. That was crazy and points to the kind of pressure these guys felt, especially, or he felt anyway. Um, I don't know if he's really a great coach or even a good coach. He might be. He might be. He might be really good. It's, it's a little hard to know. He certainly had paid his dues in the NBA to, to a large degree, although then he got gifted this sort of championship caliber team right away, which kind of never happened. He happens. got stepped over by Allen Iverson. I mean, that's something to say, right? Yeah. That's a thing that happened. Um, I believe he will be a head coach again. I don't think he'll have to be an assistant first if he doesn't want to be. He, may, he, he might take a year or two off, but then I expect he'll be, he'll be eventually hired by some sad sack team that wants a real coach, maybe Sacramento or something like so that. So this is a conversation that's not necessarily about Ty Lue, but about what teams might want a new coach. So where, where might he land, do you think, if he were to be a head coach? Sacramento, you just brought up. I mean, Sacramento is always a good candidate, right? They're going to be replacing their coach a lot. I think a potential years. candidate is Chicago. They could just be done with Hoiberg after mm-hmm. a four-year experiment of just not working out yep. very well. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Oklahoma City, if they continue to shit the bed, they might be yeah. looking to get rid of Billy Donovan. How about the Washington Wizards? Washington Wizards, Scott Brooks shitting I mean, the bed. Washington is currently 1-5, getting outscored by 10 points a game. They look awful. They hate each other. I mean, there's a lot of talk. I want to like, talk about that later, so let's not go too okay, far into okay, that. Fair um, enough. But, but Scotty Brooks' job absolutely could be in jeopardy, and Ty Lue could step in at some point. New York is always a potential destination for a coach. They, it's true. I mean, they did just hire David Fisdale, but he could be gone in a year. That happens all the time. Um, Phoenix has a new head coach. I think they're probably going to stick with that guy for a little while. They might, but they just fired their general manager, the guy who hired that head coach. So I don't know what they're going to do. And that guy is, does, has um, only European experience. Right. So it's, I, it wouldn't be shocking if, they, if they're really unhappy with him, they just drop him as opposed to... He hasn't sort of paid his NBA dues in the, in the way a lot of other guys might have. So it wouldn't be completely shocking. How about if the uh, Portland Trailblazers either miss the playoffs or go out in the first round again? Yeah. They might just be like, Stotts has been here long enough. You right. Know? Let's take a guy who's a proven winner. Yeah. Now, you could, make lots of, you could say lots of things around that, but they did win the title. and they, they, He certainly did more than expected. The team did better than expected overall in his tenure, right? Right. He can't, I mean, you can't dock him points for that. You can only, either he gets no credit or he gets some credit, but he certainly doesn't lose any points, right? Right. So, like, that's pretty good. He's, I think he's going to be a head coach if he wants to be by as soon as um, next year and maybe, and at worst, the year after. But he may just sit back and collect his money because, you know, if the, if the trail players, excuse me, hire him and pay him $7 million a year, they only have to pay him two, and the Cavs are still paying him the other five. Yeah. So if they were to pay him $4 million a year, they pay him nothing. And they, so he, he's making $5 million anyway. Right. He might just want to take some time off. As yeah. you said, he's got some... He's like, like, he had some personal issues. He takes it really, really... It's super intense for him, the pressure. And maybe, maybe he's not really cut out to be this either. Maybe you not. Know? Maybe it's better just to, like... Take your money and, you know, be on TV a little bit or do whatever. You know? Go get one of those Paul Pierce jobs, you know? Yeah, be on the jump sometimes. Yeah. It's cool. Don't talk about how the earth is flat and make yourself look like an idiot like Paul Pierce did. But, you know, uh, actually, I'm glad Paul Pierce did that because it's fun to talk about. Yeah, why would you be upset about that? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Totally. All right, so he's gone. He's gone. They just have an interim coach, I assume, just whoever's backfilling? No. No? No, there's huge drama around this. You don't know about this? Larry, no. They named Larry Drew the interim coach. But they named him that before they actually came to a contract agreement with him. And he apparently wants a lot of things in his contract. Like, really? He doesn't just want to be the interim coach. He sees where this is going. And he wants to be, I think he wants to sign like a real deal. And so they're going back and forth. So he, so they said, we heard the, when the reporters came to him and said, um, so are you the interim, we hear you in the interim coach. And he said, I'm not. I am the voice of the head coach. Nothing else has been agreed on yet. So no one knows what that means, the voice of the head coach, but he is not officially their head coach. 
and he's not yet officially agreed to be their head coach. It's unclear what's going to happen there, as I, weird as that is. I think that's good. That's a good job of, by Larry Drew. I think he should be doing that because we've seen these situations before. It's a terrible team. They fire the coach. They put in an interim coach in. That guy's got no shot, right? Like no right. chance to, to produce good winning numbers. Correct. That's not going to be good on the resume. Right. It's not going to be good for you in any way. If you can guarantee yourself two years, let the players develop, you know, at least then you have a shot to, to show something. I mean, the Cavs, all they do is fire coaches and pay those guys for years on end and not seem to care. Why yeah. don't you, like, give me a four-year deal, bitches, you know? Like, yeah. then fire me whenever you want. Like, great, I'll be ter- we'll be terrible, and you'll pay me for $14 million after you fire me like everyone else. I'm in, yeah. but I'm not going to like ruin my reputation for a little bit more money and one bad year because that's clearly all it's going to be, right? right. Like, like, I'm not interested in that. So I think it's pretty impressive. There aren't very many, you know, there's 30, there's 30 NBA head coaching jobs in the world. A lot of guys would give anything to have any of them. Larry Drew, though, I guess knows he can do better. I mean, he might be thinking if he does this, it removes his ability to right. get future NBA head coaching jobs. Sure. I mean, yeah. I, think, I think he's probably right. Like, it's not going to end well. Yeah. Almost, almost ever. Right. And so if that's the case, and you're Larry Drew, where you've been an assistant on championship teams and, or team, I should say, finals going teams, and, you know, you've had a long NBA career and you've been, you know, you're paying your dues. Someone's going to give you a shot at some point anyway. So it's very likely someone's going to give you a shot. Yeah. So why not give yourself a real shot at it instead of just burn it up now or have them pay you really, really well to do it at least. Right. So it's pretty interesting. It is pretty interesting. All right. Is that all we got on Ty Lue? That's all I got on Tyler. All right, what you got next? Next, Clay Thompson. Clay motherfucking Thompson. So Clay Thompson had been struggling all season, pretty much. Yeah, he's had some some real bad games, a lot of like one one for eight from three type games. But then uh, you know, he stopped struggling. He uh, stopped a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He did better. A little bit better the other night. And by the other night, I mean, I guess uh, for this is Wednesday. We're recording this on Tuesday. This is Wednesday. But it's, so it's Monday night. Yeah. And he, they played the Bulls. They won 149 to 124, which is just batshit crazy. It's, they had scored 92 points in the first half. And Clay Thompson, in only 26 minutes, scored 52 points. He went 18 for 29 from the field, 14 for 24 from three. Those are both records for most made and most attempted three-point shots. Did have five rebounds and zero assists and two turnovers as well. But... There you go. Clay Thompson scored 52 points and broke the NBA record for threes. In three quarters. In three quarters. In 26 minutes of play. He did not play the fourth quarter. So. And they scored 92 in the first half. So this is just the continuation, by the way, of hammering the overs is profitable in the mm. NBA still somehow. Like It was 92 to 50 in the, at the end of the first half. But still, yes, the over came in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somehow the over came in. Yeah. So what does this mean about Clay Thompson? Does it mean anything that we didn't already know? I don't think it changes anything in real, in real life. I think it's, he's the same guy. Everything's the same. He just broke out of a slump, and they kept passing the ball, and he kept hitting shots. But, yeah. And that's going to happen a little bit. But I don't think anything's different. I don't think we should view him any differently or the Warriors any differently than we did yesterday or the day before. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, we, I, I would have guessed he was capable of that. Mm-hmm. You know, He's like the best catch-and-shoot player in the NBA, right? Yes. He's a career 42% three-point shooter this, this season at 32%. But, I mean, he's going to end up around 40-41, right? I mean, he's going to take a lot more threes. We're like eight games into the season. Yeah. Not so worry about him. He's done stuff like this before. Like, he had, like, the, the highest scoring quarter in NBA history, 37 points. Yes. Um, so he's obviously a capable scorer. It's something that I've always wondered about, Clay, is, like, how good is he really, though? Like, mm. if you put... J.J. Redick in his spot. Does J.J. Redick put up similar numbers? 
Well, first of all, J.J. Redick is not a defensive player like Clay. Is right, okay, just offensively. Um, I don't believe he would put up similar numbers, but like J.J. Redick gets his shot off when he's open. Clay is open in ways that very few players are. He, he, he needs less airspace than almost anybody to get what, what looks like a clean shot off. I think That's that matters. True. He also has an incredibly fast release. Redick has a pretty quick one, too, don't get me wrong. But I think, I think Clay Thompson is... I, I don't think J.J. Redick would be able to replicate this. I think he'd be good, really good in the Warriors system. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Really good. But I mean, Clay has been doing, let's see. I mean, he's been doing basically 20 some odd points a game his whole career, at least the last several years since 2013 there. Redick would be doing, I would guess more like 15, 16 points a game, shoot a little bit worse from three. The Warriors would win less games, I think too. Like I think he's just significantly worse. Doesn't Redick shoot a little better than that though? Isn't he like 44% last year? I mean, he's taking much more wide open shots. That's true. So, and by the way, I mean, last season, uh, Clay was 44% as well. Clay, okay. I mean, just working, working backward, 44%, 41.5%, 42.5%, 44%, 42%, 40 and 41%. That's his entire career. That's I mean, really good. All he, I mean, he is possibly... Steph Curry's on his team, so I don't see how we could ever say he's the best shooter on his team, let alone the best shooter of all time. But he might be in the top three shooters of all time, right. even though he's also the second best shooter on his team. Steph, well, yeah, Steph Curry's clearly a better shooter than him. Yes, because yeah. he's the best shooter of all time. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. So my question about Klay Thompson always has been, could he ever be the, the best player on a good team? Right. And I think the answer has to be no, right? Like, he doesn't fit that role of best player. It's because he doesn't create his own shot, right? Right. And he doesn't do anything, really, but shoot and play defense. Like, he's not a passer at all. He's not much of a rebounder either. Yeah, that's that's not crazy, just to give you guys a sense of his stats on that stuff. So, this season, he's getting 4.3 rebounds, which is pretty good. But 1.1 assists, half a steal, half a block. I mean, it's not a big deal. Obviously, right. he is a good one-on-one defender, and that helps. But he seems like he's a great number two Rather than a great number one, like I think it's a better better way to put it. He is he's a great complementary player. Yeah, he's not like a protagonist player. Like if you have just him and Durant on a team, they might be amazing, right? Right. Him and Harden, incredible. But him number one, and then who's your number two? The, I yeah. mean, DeAndre Jordan. Now, I mean, it's like, yeah, Clay. Clay might be the nineteenth or thirtieth best player in the league, but there's some of those other guys. It feels like. You can really build around, and Clay yeah. is more of yeah that second piece or that third piece, which makes your team great. Right, but he's a spe- a, he's, he's like a specialist. Player. He's almost like yeah. in the NFL, he's like an edge rusher. It feels like you know. Now it's possible he can create his own shot a little bit, but he never has to ever. Basically. Right, you know, like everyone else on that team can create their own shot too. Yeah, so I don't know. By the way, just to get a slightly away from Clay, but staying on the Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green. He's not having a very good year statistically. He had a kind of a down year last year, didn't he? Last year, he averaged 11 points, 7.5 rebounds, 7.3 assists. This year, he's averaging 7.5 points, which is really not nearly as good, 6.5 rebounds, and 8 assists. So he's down one and a half rebound, down one rebound, down 3.5 points. He's up one, one assist. I mean, it's only been eight games, so some of, this, some of these numbers are going to get closer. Draymond's shooting... What? I guess he's shooting the same percentage, but he's shooting 25% from three now. His, his three has dropped off, right? Like, there was a couple of years ago where he shot 37% from three, and since then, he's, like, airballing threes a lot of the time. 2015, he shot 39%. Since then, 31%, 30%, and now this year, 25%. He is in decline. Yeah. There's just no way getting around it. Now, I think he's a free agent after this year, and I'm pretty sure the Warriors are going to re-sign him, but... 
He, I mean, if he wants max kind of deal, like super max type deal money, I mean, that's crazy. A couple of years ago on our previous sports podcast, we were talking about like the top 10 NBA players and we yeah. both had Draymond at like number six. I mean, the whole world did that one yeah. year, you know, in 2015. That was the whole world, right? Right. And now he's not sniffing the top 20, right? I don't think he's sniffing the top 40, re- re- you know, realistically right now. I mean, he's t- probably top 50 in my, for me. Yeah. That's a, that's quite a drop off. It's possible if he was on a different team, he would score more and his numbers would be better too. Like he may just like Clay scoring 20 points, Durant scoring 20 points, Steph scoring 20 points. And Steph, by the way, is leading the league in scoring, Durant scoring more than 20 points. So there aren't really a whole lot of shots to go around in fairness. But he was never a scorer. Right. And he's shooting 25% from three and he shot 30% from three the last two years. Like he's got to be more of a threat. He doesn't. They win anyway. They're going to win anyway. They're going to win this year almost certainly anyway. But he is not the player he was and they're not as special as a result. Right. I, like, it's come to the point where I think it's reasonable to ask if you're fantasy drafting a team, do you take Chris Middleton or Draymond Green? You right. know, like, I'm not sure. Yeah, it depends on how you do scoring. You probably take Draymond because of all the assists and. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Stuff. I don't mean NBA fantasy. I mean, like, if there is an actual, like, Draft. all the players become available mm. and you're a GM of an NBA team, mm. who do you take? I probably want Chris Middleton. Yeah. He's not in decline. Right. I like that. That feels important. He's yeah. inclined. He's. He's In, climbing. He's, he's inclined. He's just climbing. I like it. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin climbing. Nice. Is that going to be a new hashtag? Hashtag Kevin climbing. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. I'll yeah. say that. It's definitely about time. Middleton, by the way, just to give people a sense of uh, what kind of numbers he's putting up this season. Here, now, this is just this season, but these are pretty similar to last season's numbers, too. He's doing 20 points a game. He's shooting almost 50% from the field, which is pretty sweet. He's shooting 55% from three right now, which is insane. I mean, obviously, that's going down. Yeah, he's uh, taking seven and a half threes a game, too. So his numbers are kind of through the, you know, through the roof right now. Five and a half rebounds, four assists, and uh, one and a half steals. And, you know, he's also just, he's a year and a half younger or something like that than Dre, too, which all that put together, I think you got to take him, too. I, I think Middleton's probably a better guy to build around right now. Yeah. Draymond wasn't. I mean, there was a little while, like we said, Draymond was a franchise-type player, but it doesn't feel like he's there anymore. Yeah, that leads me to uh, the next thing I want to talk about in the NBA. Cool. Which is the surprising standings. There's there's a, a number of teams with surprising records so far. We're yeah. anywhere between five and eight games through the season, depending on the team, And uh, as of Tuesday here. And there are some teams that are surprising, you know? And yes. the Bucks are one of them, because the Bucks are 7-0. and the Bucks are 7-0, and and they're not just 7-0. They're 7-0 with the best point differential in the league, my man, at 15.9. They're beating every single game they play. They average scoring 120 points and only give up 104. That's incredible. Giannis didn't even play the last game, and they won anyway, by the way. Well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like, Giannis is such a man when it comes to playing basketball. He is so good at it. By the He's way. full-grown human. <laughs> yes, he is a full-grown human. That's true. Giannis didn't play, and they beat Toronto by 15. When that I said is, the last game, that that's is the last game. Absurd. Yeah. So without Giannis, they beat a really good Eastern Conference team. It's so weird. So the Bucks seven and zero. Is this real? Is this? As I speculated before the season, the Bucks could have a monster breakout season due to the coaching change. Giannis right. has never had a good coach. Now they have Popovich system. Mike Budenholzer who mm-hmm. is going to pace pace the game. He's going to give Giannis the ball and put four out and let Giannis just obliterate the lane and have open shooters 
And it's fucking working. It's working. It's still early. It's, it's real early. It is, but this is the potential that Giannis has always shown to be this guy who can lead this team that is great. And it looks like they've put good pieces around him. Well, I wonder about that. I mean, he is not a question mark. He is, I mean, his numbers are outrageous this year. So Giannis is 25 points. I mean, God bless him. He's shooting almost three three-pointers a game, and he's shooting 6% from three. <laughs> so he's trying. He's, he's trying. He's making a fifth of a three per game, and he's shooting 2.7. I mean, it's really time to stop. No one's going to cover you anyway. Don't worry about that. Um, but he's getting 14 rebounds a game, Grant, and six assists a game. I mean, 1.7 blocks a game. Five turnovers is a lot, but that's okay. I mean, it's really working. I, I really do worry, though, about the quality of play around him over the course of the rest of the season. And I know these guys just beat Toronto. By the way, a fully stacked Toronto team. Lowry played and played well. Kawhi played. They beat him anyway by 15. It's sort of weird. Yeah. They, were, they were in Milwaukee, but come on. That's crazy. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm not a believer that this team is a top two team in, in the East. Yeah, 7-0 makes me start to believe that they're a real threat, though. And then just the fact that there's reasons for optimism beyond just that number, like the, mm-hmm. the coaching change yep, is, is huge. It's Agreed. huge. It, this could be just that, like, Giannis just becomes the best player in the league this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, him and Anthony Davis are really fighting pretty hard right now for, you know, I mean, there are other guys, too, I guess you could talk about, but it feels like those are the two obvious guys. Is there any question at this point that Giannis is the most athletic player in the league? Um, I don't know the answer to that. There's I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of guys who are very athletic. I don't know. I agree, but just from watching him play, like I saw hit the Bucks beat the 76ers pretty mm-hmm. comfortably, and Giannis playing against Ben Simmons, which is like Giannis is significantly more athletic Ooh. than Ben Simmons. That's cool. Who is very athletic and like yeah, of course. looks like a flash of light going down the court. Giannis looks like a guy who's just going to eat him alive. Hmm. Like no chance for Ben Simmons. Have you considered Hassan Whiteside? No, I have not. thought about him? No. Okay, just checking. Would you, actually, would you actually make that argument? No. Okay. No. That's good. He, he is, uh, you know, he's, he's getting tall. 16 rebounds a game. He's tall. He's leading the league in rebounding. Giannis somehow was fourth in the league in rebounding, though. That's so impressive. Giannis came into the league, he was six foot nine, and now he's six foot 11. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. It all helps. Giannis is, is the whole package. Well, he's not the whole package. No, he can't so shoot threes. Shooting 6% from three, and he's still firing away anyway. Imagine if he gets some form of three-point shot, what that's going to do. Auto MVP. At least for the first two years. Yeah. Well, a year. And then they won't give it to him again unless he gets a lot better. Right. Um, I don't think they're the they're, they're a top-two team in the East. Uh, you think it's Celtics-Raptors? I still think it's Celtics-Raptors. Raptors are... Uh, Celtics... Well, let's see. Their, their records are... Raptors are 6-1. and one, Celtics are 4-2. and two. Milwaukee, as we said, is 7-0. and oh. Um, Celtics have been playing better. They just blew out Detroit a few days ago in Detroit when Detroit had been undefeated. They're playing the Pistons again, actually, Tuesday night. So by the time people are hearing this, they'll know what happened. Celtics are favored by eight and a half. If they win that one comfortably, too, that's a big if. But if they do, to me, that means they're sort of getting it together a little bit. And like Gordon Hayward's starting to find himself a little bit. Maybe it's meshing a little bit more. Toronto's looking great. Kyrie's looking great. I just don't know Milwaukee has a supporting cast this year to be that. There's, there's other teams who are even vying for the third best team in the East, although Milwaukee right now looks like yeah, that. Yeah, at the same point, it's hard to know about the supporting cast. It's possible that the pieces they have had in place for a couple of years now are far better than they looked because they had horrible coaching. And Mike Bodenholzer can unlock that. Yeah, you know what? That's a fair point. That's absolutely a you fair point. You would take the Bucks over the Sixers right now, wouldn't you? I'd have to. Yeah. Um, but let's remember, last year at this time, Orlando looked like 
the best team in the East. They did not look like the best team. They were just surprisingly good. They were really, really good, and so were the Pistons last yes. year this time. And neither team turned out to be any good at all. They were both awful. That is true, but there weren't people going into the season thinking this could be the breakout year for this team. That's true. Whereas with the Bucks, people are thinking that for good reason. That's fair. That is that is correct. This is a lot more real to me than that. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're not. No one thinks the Bucks are going to end up, you know, twenty nine and whatever it would be, fifty four. No one thinks that, right? Yeah, fifty three. Um, that's not that's not going to happen. The question is, are the Bucks going to win forty eight games or are the Bucks going to win fifty eight games? And right. I think I think it's probably going to be somewhere in between. I would guess the Bucks probably because of seven zero start are going to crest crest fifty, but I don't expect them to win more than like fifty two, fifty three. It's an interesting question. I would take under 53 right now if you are interested. I in kind of want to bet that. We can bet that. All right. I'll take over. I don't know if it's right, but I want to. I don't know either, honestly. They are 7 or no. That's a good start for you. I'll take over 53. I'll take under 53. 53 is a push. It's booked. Okay. Done. Book is book. Okay. Um, I got other surprising standings. Go. I got a lot of them. We got the Lakers. Yeah, that's... I This might not that. be super surprising, actually, but they are 2 and 5. Why is it not super surprising? Because LeBron always takes some time to mesh with new teams, and it's like it's a new system, and with LeBron running the show, LeBron always takes some time to mesh with every new teams. every time he switched teams, they have not started well. Have they? Has any of those teams started two and five? I don't think they've ever started this bad. I don't think so either. Yeah, they did lose their first three games, and they were tough games. They went to Portland. They hosted Houston. That's Houston's only win, by the way. Um, they hosted San Antonio. Those are all really good game, really good teams. Um, since then, they went to Phoenix and won. They hosted Denver and won. That was a good win for That's them. That's a good win. And then they went to San Antonio and lost completely reasonably. They went to Minnesota on Monday and lost by four. So it's not so crazy, really. Like, when you look at that, it's like, okay, so they're two and five. Butler and Towns bad. balled out in that game. Yeah, though. finally finally, Towns like, sort yeah. of got his head on straight. Um, so I'm not really worried about the Lakers. Yeah, I think this is kind of a mirage two and five. Yeah. I don't think it's a concern that they're going to miss the playoffs or anything. I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll make the playoffs still. I agree. And it's just, they've had a couple of, like you said, tough losses against good teams. And, uh, like a lot of those games are kind of could go either way. Yeah. Right. They, um, they're going to play Dallas and then, I mean, their schedule is, doesn't get easy for a little bit. November starts where they go to Portland. Then they host Toronto hosting Minnesota is a little bit better. They get to play Sacramento and Atlanta back to back. They have to play Portland again, but then Orlando, Miami, Cleveland. So now it's starting to look a little better. They're going to have a much better uh, November. They also get uh, Orlando and Dallas again in there. Yeah. Indiana. Indiana's good, but, you know, yeah. they're supposed to win. They're going to be a favorite, of course, against Indiana at home. Right. So they're going to have a better November. They're going to have a winning November, and the, the ship will feel righted. All right. Here's another surprising standing, although you briefly touched on it. Pistons, 4-1. and one. Yeah. They Total did, mirage. They get blown out by the, the Celtics. But they they beat the 76ers, and Blake Griffin had an incredible game. He had 50 points and 16 rebounds and 8 assists or something like that. Yeah, Blake actually said that this is the first summer in three years he's been able to work out because he hasn't been hurt, and it's changed everything for him. So that's interesting, and it makes me take him a little bit more seriously than I otherwise would, and the Pistons slightly more seriously. But no, I mean, the Pistons, um, they're 4-1, and one, and their point differential is like .01. Like, they're basically breaking even on points scored yeah. anyway. That's not a good sign. Right. So this is a mirage, and they're going to be like a playoff cusp team in the East, right? That is my belief. They've, I think they probably will make the playoffs. Blake's playing really well. I think they're yeah. going to make the playoffs. Um, he's averaging, by the way, when we say really well, 28.5 points a game, 4.5 assists, and 10 rebounds. That's good. That's real good. And you add that with Drummond. 
That's that's a very strong combination. And in the 76ers game, I don't know if this is indicative of what they're going to do, but he's he closed the game as the point guard. Mm. He basically played point forward. Yeah. Which is kind of the best way to use him, it seems. Blake hasn't rebounded like this since his second year in the league. Wow. So if he can keep this up and, and deliver double-digit rebounds, I mean, 28 points a game, he's never scored more than 22.5 points a game. I mean, this is like big-time stuff from Blake. He's shooting threes. Yes. Yeah. He's doing that as well. Um, I mean, he, right now he's 56% from three, so I don't think that's going to hold up. But he's shooting five and a half a game. Yeah. So he's going to keep taking them. And, you know, if he, can shoot, if he can shoot 38% by the end of the season or 37%, that's a big deal too. The team has upside. You know, that, that front court has a lot of upside with Griffin and Drummond. I mean, Blake is better than I think anyone expected him to be. Yeah. And it's, it feels like a little bit like a comeback year mm-hmm. for him. And if he's this good or even close, I mean, he can't be this good, I don't think. He's not going to shoot this yeah. well from three. I don't expect his points to stay this high. But if he's close to this good, then suddenly that deal, which looks so bad for the Pistons just a month ago, starts to look like a great deal for the Pistons again. Yeah. So that's kind of cool how quickly these things change. Right. Yeah, the Pistons. So they get their shot against the Celtics uh, Tuesday night. And if they win that game or even play them really, really tough, I think that's going to change perceptions a little bit. But if they get blown out again, I think people are going to get down on the Pistons pretty quickly. Right. Celtics had no problem Ding up Blake. He shot like two for 13 in that game. Hmm. All right, let's go to the other side of the spectrum, a surprisingly bad record. Go back and forth with these things. Got the, the uh, Wizards. Yeah. One and five. Their one win did come against the Trailblazers in Portland, which is an impressive win. It took overtime. It took Markeith Morris never missing a three for the last 12 minutes of the game. But still, that's an impressive win. But they also have five losses. Fourth uh, worst point differential in the league. Double digits. They're getting outscored by every game. Their one win, as you said, is uh, Portland. Their other games are they hosted Miami and lost by one. They hosted Toronto and lost by four. They got destroyed at Golden State. They lost at Sacramento by four, which is a bad loss. Yeah. They got blown out by, by the Clippers in L.A., and then they went to Memphis. Well, they're going to Memphis, actually, uh, Tuesday night, so we don't know what happened there. We don't but, know. So they should have a better record than this. They shouldn't have been blown up by the Clippers. They should have beaten Sacramento. They probably should have beat Miami on the first night as well. They should be like three and three at least. Do you think this is a mirage and they're actually okay? I don't think they're this bad, but I don't think they're okay either. I don't think they're okay. I, I feel like they haven't been okay for a couple of years. Yeah. Like, right. John Wall, I think, is like a problematic attitude, and that's kind of infected the team a the, little bit. Yeah. It's, they're like, the, they're like, they've been like trapped in like a dungeon for like years, and they're now been out for a little while, and they like have that sort of lost look in their eye a little bit. Yeah. Like they might just do anything crazy at any time. Yeah, you know, that's the Wizards and John Wall, perfect example of of that. John Wall, the guy who like, if you ever see like over the off season where they he's gonna do work out with like the USA team or something like that, and they show photos of everyone and like yeah. his he looks like he's been partying super hard. <laughs> yeah. everyone else is like quaffed and looks good and you know like rested, and he doesn't and they ask him about it. he's like i party as much as i want to you know that's yeah. his answer it's not really not really what we want to hear as a wizards fan i don't no, think but good for him you got to party mean, he's making 40 million dollars a year or something now that's supermax deal yeah so. i mean he is a very good player he is as is bradley beal but right now bradley beal has more trade value than john wall because of that supermax the supermax deal the supermax in general i think is really not working out for the nba the way they hoped right like Basically, anyone who signs their players to it, it's almost, unless it's Steph Curry, it's like a burden. Like, yeah. you don't really want to do it. It kind of messes up your whole team in most cases. It's more money than you should, like, it takes up too much of the salary cap. It screws everything up. Yeah, Supermax maybe should, like, 
I guess NBA teams are trying to, but like maybe John Wall is not a good enough player for a Supermax right. deal. Like in the old days, you'd say, of course, John Wall is a max player, but now that Supermax is available, maybe the tier of player for that, maybe there's only like 15 players in the league who are worth a Supermax. Maybe there's 10. Maybe there's 10, yeah. It's like Anthony Davis, Giannis, um, Durant, Curry. Simmons and Embiid probably are both sure. worth it. Yeah. They're young. You want guys who are going to like deliver value for the next four years, right? Yeah. Um, fine. You want to give me, you can say Carl Anthony Towns. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but it's guys like that, right? It's guys yeah. who four years from now will still be delivering value. John Wall may not be, probably right. won't be. Blake Griffin, it was. It's still very questionable if he's going to be able to deliver value two more years from now. You know, yeah. You know, three more years from now. You know, is it worth forty million? I don't know. James Harden probably deliver yeah. value on Kawhi on Leonard. Kawhi Leonard probably, yeah. assuming we don't have any more injury issues. Um, there just aren't that many guys. Yeah, it might be ten that are actually worth a super max. But that's not how it works, of course. No. It's never been like this in sports. You know, when the, the players, when they have free agency coming up, they have those teams over a barrel, right? Because you cannot afford to lose, for example, Kawhi Leonard, as, as we see. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you can't afford to lose John Wall. You can't just let him walk. Even if you have to pay him too much and it's sort of, it's a bad deal, you kind of have to keep him anyway. We don't have to, but most teams choose to do that. It's possible that the worst position a team can be in is having a player who's barely good enough to get a Supermax deal and... That blows up their salary. I mean, this kind of thing we see happens all the time. We were talking about this in our NFL show about Matt Stafford. It's the same thing with um, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Like, you take a guy number one, you keep him for a few years, his deal's up, and he's been pretty good. Stafford was actually better relatively than Wiggins, for sure. And Wall is better better than both of them as a number one. Right. Yeah. Um, But, like, the T-Wolves felt they couldn't just let Wiggins walk. Because they had invested too much in him, and he still had some upside. So instead, they gave him a max contract. It wasn't a super max, but a max, which is insane for that guy. Yeah. That guy is a below-average NBA starter yeah. and is not worth very much money at all. He probably is worth like $5 bucks a year, if that. You know, and that's, that's factoring in, baking in his potential. Like, but they gave him all of it because they didn't want him to leave and, and have everyone say, there they go, the Wolves, screwing up again, and now they only have Towns. And, but Wiggins is not a good player. No, doesn't seem to be. And Stafford is okay, but you can't invest too much in him. And Wall is a good player, but not worth $40 million a year. And suddenly Bradley Beal is the big value play on that team if you're going to try and trade for anyone. Yeah. Like Otto Porter also making like $30 bucks a year now or something insane like that. Jesus. Um, Otto Porter. Sign, sign a max deal for whatever his ability, you know, whatever that could have been because the Nets signed him to an offer sheet. Yeah. And like, that guy's pretty good, but boy, he's sure not worth that much. No, he is not. Like, it's, it's really important in the NBA to manage your cap well. It's something not many teams do super well. A lot of teams just sort of throw money around willy-nilly, and it's a huge mistake. I felt that Danny Agent and Celtics have done a great job up until this year, and I really questioned the Marcus Smart signing, mm-hmm. where it's uh, four years, $52 million, and $13 million bucks a year. Seems crazy. Yep. Seems like too much for that player. Where, where Julius Randle's getting two years for $18 million. Exactly. Like, like come I on. don't understand how that could be. Yeah. Uh, it makes no sense to me why, why those would be so different. Uh, besides that, the Celtics have an incredibly clean uh, cap. Like, sure. all their players are making what they should be making. And yeah, so the, Wiz- the Wizards are only not only underwhelming, but also fucked cap-wise. Right. I mean, yeah. just to keep on the same thing, like, Kyrie's going to be a free agent, and assuming he wants to say, he's already said he wants to resign in Boston, but that's assuming the Celtics offer him the Supermax. Is Kyrie with the Supermax? No. I don't think he is, but... I don't know. Are you supposed? Let's say the Celtics go to the finals this year, which they are favored to do, or they're expected to do. I would say if you're going to pick one team out of the East, yeah, maybe Toronto, but whatever. Let's say they go to the finals. Kyrie's a starting point guard. He's really good. They don't win the finals. 
You're just going to let him walk? Those are your two options. Supermax or walk. Maybe I just don't think he's good. worth a Supermax. But I agree. But I don't think John Wall is either, obviously. Right. And if you're the Celtics, for example, at least the Wizards aren't going anywhere with John Wall. The Celtics could win titles over the next several years. Maybe you're supposed to overpay Kyrie and have it be a bad deal because he's probably going to... Like, you know he can hit big shots and big games and is a very, very good player. And this is your window right now. Maybe you just have to suck it up and do it anyway. Maybe. But I don't know if that's the right move, ultimately. Yeah, I really think there should just be like 10 guys in the league, like we're saying, that yeah. are super max guys, and yeah. he's not one of them. Um, all right. Another surprising record. Okay. Sacramento Kings, four and three. I know. What the hell's going on? This is supposed to be the worst team in the league. Yes. They are one game out of a... Uh, they're one slot out of the playoffs right now. They're the number ti- nine team in the West for now. There's a bunch of four and two teams, right? There are a lot of four and two teams. Yeah. Yes. There's five four and two teams just in the West. That's so, Okay. This is a mirage, right? This is more of a mirage even than the Pistons. I mean, doesn't it, doesn't it have to be? I mean, it's possible De'Aaron Fox takes a big step forward. It's possible Bagley is good. I don't know. Like, these things could happen. I mean, Fox is averaging 18 points a game, seven assists, four rebounds. He's shooting 48% from the field. He seems to be playing That's really well. That's quite good. Yeah. That is quite good. Who else um, do they have performing well on that Willie Colley Stein had a really good game the other night. Let's see, against Miami. He's averaging 18 points a game, so Colley Stein is legit. Nine rebounds. Weirdly enough, he's considered a great defensive player and shot blocker. He's averaging half a block a game, so mm-hmm. I don't know what's up with that. But nine rebounds and 18 points from Willie Colley Stein, 58% shooting. You'll take it. Yeah. You're thrilled. Uh, let's look at Buddy Heald, who cannot be doing very well. It's Buddy freaking Heald. 18 points a game. That's 47% good. from three. Yeah. Okay, buddy, he'll maybe you're legit after all. Five and a half rebounds, you'll take it. You know what? I mean, I think if these guys keep doing this, they're gonna they're gonna be a 500 team. This is I think this is more of a mimic of the last year's Orlando Magic, yeah, where they looked good at the beginning of the season with Evan Fournier averaging like 22 points a game, right? This is and just Aaron Gordon like shooting 48 percent from three, and that just didn't keep happening. And I feel like that's the truth with the Kings as well. It seems like it has to be right, right. now. The De'Aaron Fox, I think, good. might actually be taking a big step. It's possible yeah. that he's becoming a, a, a true talent in the league. Here's the thing. Even if Fox is good and Willie Cauley-Stein is good, that's not enough. You need more than that to compete at all in the West, to even be close to 500 in the West. You here's, need a a fun, here's a quick fun question, because it goes back to college and a rivalry in college and some showing up that happened in college. Uh-huh. NBA GM right now, no other factors involved. You're just starting a team. You get a choice between Lonzo Ball and De'Aaron Fox. Who do you take? Lonzo. You take Lonzo? Yeah, I still you, do. You think his upside is just too high? Yeah, he's bigger. He's a better defensive player. He is he not passes. a better defensive player. De'Aaron Fox is a better defensive player. Lonzo Ball is a great defensive player. So is De'Aaron Fox. So I don't, so we don't know who's better. Yeah. Okay, like, let's just let's say they're both really When good they played against players. each other, De'Aaron Fox shut down Lonzo Ball, and Lonzo Ball got torched by De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Now, I know that's not... That was a year and a half ago, yeah. and it was one game. But yeah. I hear you. That's true. Um, it was weird, by the way. De'Aaron Fox... That, that was is, really weird. De'Aaron Fox is more athletic. Um, I mean, I would take Lonzo and feel really comfortable doing it. I think it's close. Would you take De'Aaron Fox? Yeah, I think I might. Okay. I think I might take De'Aaron Fox over Lonzo Ball right now. Okay. Not crazy. I don't think it's crazy at all, but I would take, I'd still stick with Lonzo. He's got that cool face, man. Cool face. It goes on forever. (laughs) It goes on forever. It is a long face. It's like a sunset. Like Um, one of those Ellis Island, not Ellis, what, Easter Island statues. mm Mm-hmm. Kind of. All right. So that's the Kings. We don't think they're really legit. No. They did just beat Miami in Miami on Monday night somehow by 10. Really weird. I just don't believe in them. I mean, you can't. It's been seven games. You can't believe in them. All right. How about the Oklahoma City Thunder at one and four? They're going to be fine. You think they're going to be fine? Yeah. Paul George and Russell Westbrook just too good to keep this up? I got to believe. Steven Adams. Steven Adams is an underrated good player. They're going to be fine. I think you're right. 
Yeah. Billy Donovan, I think, is a bad coach, though. Yeah. I think everyone thinks so. And finally, the Houston Rockets are one and four. Clearly, they're going to be fine. They yeah. had a lot of injuries. Chris Paul was suspended. The team isn't that different from last year, where they won, what, 67 games or something, 65 games, whatever it is. And we're this close to going to the finals and almost certainly winning the title against Cleveland. Like, come on. They're going to be fine. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, those are my thoughts. I agree. Cool. Cool. Good old Houston. Good old Houston. Um, speaking of Houston, so they apparently offered four first-rounders for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Now, we don't know what the protections on those first-rounders were. So that, that matters a lot. Let's say they offered four unprotected ones for Jimmy Butler. Do you just have to take that as Minnesota, even though Houston's really good right now? I think you do because Jimmy Butler wants out. It's going to be hard to get something that good. Yeah, and like four years from now, there's going to be two more ones coming. It's going to be like the Nets, right? Like Houston's old. They're not going to be good in four years. No, they're not. They're not. So if that's the case, those first rounders could be worth a lot if they're unprotected. Right. I think it's a good deal for both teams. Like Houston's in win-now mode. Jimmy Mm -hmm. Butler, if you don't give up anybody, you just give up picks, that that puts them in contention, right, right away. If Paul, Butler, and Harden are all healthy. I I mean, I think so. I think... Clearly, that puts that is a legit big three right there. I mean, you can put Jimmy Butler on one of the wing players, yeah, on the on the Warriors. That really helps you. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I know. I love that deal for them. I mean, I've heard other NBA pundits talking about like, well, Jimmy's just going to have to stand around and take threes like everyone else because Harden the ball always goes through Harden. Even if that's true, you get less offensive stuff from Jimmy Butler when Harden's on the floor. Okay, Harden's not always on the floor. And every time he's not, you make sure Jimmy Butler yeah, you is. Can, you can stagger the minutes and have Jimmy Butler create for himself when Harden's not on the floor. And, and he's, he's, a, he's good at that. Yeah, and he's a great defensive player. He does everything well. He cares. Yeah. He's going to work hard. He's, I mean, how do you not want that guy on your team for four first-round picks? You have to do this if you're Houston. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think it's a reasonable thing, and it's possible we will see that happen. And I think Minnesota should probably do it. If there are no protections on him. What if some of these are like, you know, top five protected, top eight protected? Well, then it changes things. Then who cares? Then, like, forget it. I don't want... Yeah. Four guys who are 15th overall. Like, I'd rather... You don't rather want four take... Kawhi Leonard's? He was 13th overall. Uh, four Giannis's? He was 17th. So, no. I mean, 15th. Who are the guys <laughs> who are 15th? I don't um, know. I'd rather have some of the other deals, I think, that are on the table, even though none of them seem super great. I'd probably rather have other deals, if they're, depending on the protections. Probably. Yeah. But that's the only real deal on the table right now, right? It seems to be. Now, before we get to our best bet section... Yes? We have to fix something. Okay. We and when I say fix... we, I mean you have to fix something. Well, you can help, can't you? I mean, I can, but I'm probably not going to. That's great. Thanks. So I really appreciate the teamwork. You're like James Harden. No Tyron Lu. Ty Lu. Ty Lu was fired. The Cavs are 0 6. Hugh Jackson was fired. Yeah. Combine those two teams are 2 11 and 1. Also, these are very reasonable statistics to combine sports. <laughs> well, wait. Since 1963. The city of Cleveland has won one title, and it was when Draymond Green decided to punch LeBron James in the dick. Yeah. That's the only way they won. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> since 1963, okay? It's been 55 years yeah. since they won one, like, without someone punching your best player in the dick. Cleveland sports needs help. They're dying out here, man. They're suffocating. They lose. They fire coaches. R- wash, rinse, repeat, man. Fix Cleveland sports. Okay, well, the only reason they won that title yeah. uh, was that LeBron James decided to come back to Cleveland. The only reason LeBron James decided to come back to Cleveland is because Cleveland was lucky enough that LeBron James was born in Akron, Ohio. Correct. 
That is the only reason that Cleveland ever would win a title because a super athlete from the sky came out of nowhere and was born in Ohio. So right. I think a big problem that Cleveland has is attracting players to want to play there, obviously. Like, why would you ever want to play in Cleveland? I mean, when LeBron was there, people wanted to play. But besides that, yeah. All right. So who is the entity that really we're trying to help out here? Cleveland, the city? Like, who's who's the agent of, of what we're doing here? I mean, I think we want the fans to have winners to cheer for, like some winner somewhere. Yeah. So. Well, I, I know what the fix is. I just don't know who's doing it. Okay. Um, but so basically, Cleveland is known as a, a good old iron town, you know, rust belt. You know, back in back during... The Industrial Revolution, things were going pretty well in Cleveland. You know, it was like, tally-ho, let's go to fucking Cleveland, and, uh, you know, purchase some iron for for a train. Tally-fucking-ho. <laughs> yeah, tally-fucking-ho, Benedict, or whatever old-ass name people had back then. Um, so Benedict is, you know, not the best example. What's a good old person name from, like, 1860? Um. Theodore Theodosia. The- How about Theodosia? The- Did you just make that shit no, up? No, that that was Alexander Hamilton's daughter's name. Okay, well, I was looking for a man's name, but that works too. Okay, Theodosia Patricia. <laughs> I made that one up. Patricia. Is that a boy or a girl? I don't even know. Who knows what that is? <laughs> I think that's not a human. Um, all right, so we need to return to the glory days to attract people to Cleveland again, and now. Right. The glory days are relative, right? Like, in, in th- times might have been better in Cleveland relative to the other parts of the country. Like, they might have been, like, a top 10 city then where they aren't now. Right. You know? However, current Cleveland is still better to live in than, you know, 1870 Cleveland because, you know, cholera and shit. You don't sure. want You don't want that stuff. Yeah, like iPhones. So like all you got to do is make the relative value of Cleveland good again so that players want to go there. Mm. And the only way to do that is to take us back to the Iron Age. Not the oh. Iron Age, but to the Industrial Revolution. So huh. we got to create kind of like a Cleveland syndicate that goes about and does clandestine works throughout the world that are aimed at returning the world to the technology of 1870. Hmm. So that Cleveland can once again be the captains of industry that they once were. The train barons will buy all of their iron from Cleveland and the, the Erie will shine once again. Quick question. Sure. Um, do you actually know that Cleveland ever was a captain of industry? In any, in any I'm way? just kind of going with it. Just checking. Okay. I think they probably were pretty yeah. decent off. You know, I don't know okay. if they were captains, but they were like, you know, they were rust belt sergeants. They were at least sergeants. Yeah. They're at least sergeants. Uh, follow up question. Yeah. What kinds of things would, what kinds of clandestine activities would you be doing and to sort of overall return the world to the Iron Age in your mind? Like, okay. what kinds of things could you do? Step one, you steal all of the jet fuel. Yeah. And you shoot it into space. You don't want to keep it for yourself. You no. Just shoot it into space. You shoot it into space. How would you shoot it into space if you have all the jet well, fuel? Well, you use the last of it in oh, the yeah. rocket that just goes oh, okay. and becomes just, a space garbage. Seems like a. Just got bad, giant, u- bad use of really valuable resources, but please continue. They ha- will have no value soon because there's no more. <laughs> right. So all of all of the space stuff is now valueless. There's no no more ways to fuel space exploration. <laughs> and that alone rockets nope. Cleveland right to the top. No, that's just step one. Yeah, okay. Listen to me, okay? Okay. Step two, airplanes are a problem. You know, 
Yeah. Because trains are really where it's at for Cleveland. We want them steam engines. You don't want people having the option to fly over Cleveland, right? You need yeah. them to go through Cleveland. Yeah, you need them to go through Cleveland, and you also need them to buy their you know stuff to make trains with and their steam right. engines, because we, we're trying to get back to steam engines here. Okay. Like That's where we're trying to go. Steam engines. Model T's not out yet. No cars. Fuck cars. Horses and steam engines. That's where we're, we're going for okay. in Cleveland. You've so, already taken out the shuttles, so that's a good start. Yeah. Um, well, we have to find a way, and I don't know. I'm not a tech guy, really. Find a way to completely dismantle all radar technology in the world so it's just way too dangerous to even consider flying. I mean, look, I'm not like a hacker or anything, but I've seen a lot of TV shows where they like introduce a virus into systems. It's pretty easy. You know, you just like have to have a laptop and like type the keys really quickly, I think. That's most right. of it. So it's doable. Yeah. So, okay, we got to no do that. No more radar. No more radar. Radar is gone. You can't travel through the air safely. That also takes out shipping, like boats, you know, we want we want shipping. We want a little bit of shipping. Cleveland well, can build they, some ships. They use radar for that. Yeah, but they, you can also use like the captain fucking looking off oh, the bow and shit. Good. Old also, school shit. What about sonar? No more sonar. Ooh. No, none of that. Okay. All right. So we got we've dismantled the airplanes. We've dismantled the space travel. The train industry is alive and well. Now it's back. We don't want these newfangled trains that use electronic motors and such. So we have to find a way to remove all lithium ion batteries from the world. I mean, that's, how hard could that possibly that, be? Yeah, we've got to blow up the gigafactory that Tesla made. We've got to do some sort of maybe an EMP, some sort of blast that dismantles all of them and makes it impossible to make new ones. See, what's funny is when you started saying we we're going to try and get every, the world back to the Iron Age, I assumed you were talking about acts of terrorism. And then you said, oh, we're just going to steal some jet yeah. fuel. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. And now we're blowing up the gigafactory. Yeah. We're launching EMPs and you yeah. know, detonating EMPs, whatever. And so we're sort of right back. This there. is what it takes to get Cleveland back on top, man. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> now, the EMP has twofold value, all right? Not only does it reduce or eliminate all elect- electric forms of travel so that sure. we no longer have that as a problem to compete with with our trains and our boats that we have in Cleveland. It also makes it so computers and iPads and shit don't work, so people can't look at pictures of Cleveland and see how shitty it is. They won't know. Yeah, so they'll be like, maybe that's all right over there in Cleveland. I hear they make a mean train. Right. Um, so I'm going to go there as Anthony Davis. I'm going to take the old steam engine <laughs> up from New Orleans to Cleveland, and right. I'm going to play... There, but now no one. The NBA is not going to be so popular anymore because uh, so there'll be no television. You just wanted them to win. I want. I wanted you to save Cleveland sports. I guess you are saving Cleveland sports in theory. I j- you just wanted them to win. I got Anthony Davis on the team. What do you want from me? That's pretty good. I mean, yeah, obviously okay. the first rail line they build is going to be to New Orleans, and the second will be to Milwaukee. They're going to get Anthony right. Davis and Giannis, and they're set. Honestly, Milwaukee ain't exactly the greatest place in the world anyway. That is true. So, like, Cleveland's somehow, got a shot against Milwaukee. But they Milwaukee. drafted Giannis so that they're okay. Yeah. Cleveland's taking extreme measures, all right? right? They're becoming a destination. So now, all of a sudden, we still got to deal with cars. I don't really know how we're going to destroy cars. Maybe, is there a way to just destroy all of the rubber in the world? Do we really have to end cars as yeah. well? Yeah. Cars we want- are mostly, sh- no, very few people take car- cars for really long-term driving. Usually it's short-term well, stuff. It's too much of a competition for the train and boat industry. I want Cleveland to be like an epicenter. I mean, dude, you've taken out planes. You're doing fine. The transit system is doing fine. How do I get rid of the rubber, Jonathan? <laughs> so the okay. cars can't have tires. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sure we can tell me how. Um, well, you can, you can do an environmental attack on rubber trees. That's a good that. idea. That's a great environmental idea. terrorism. Let's add some of that in there. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And you know, have like you know, just general Cleveland citizens. Just as you go about your day, part of your civic duty is to slash tires. <laughs> just, <laughs> just go slashing tires left and right. Yeah. 
All right. I think we're there. Where trains and boats are the thing, Cleveland's got all of the historical memory. It's got the muscle memory to become a shipping and train building destination. That's good. All of a sudden, the Cleveland barons are back. You know, all the wealth is funneling into Cleveland, and uh, everybody wants to be there. It's the glitz and the glamour of Cleveland. There's okay. hope, th- hope the Great Depression doesn't come anytime soon. I mean, even if it does, maybe Cleveland's a bit inoculated from it, yeah. you know, with yeah. all, the, all the iron, apparently, that's being <laughs> processed there yeah. and trains that are apparently being made there because, yep. you know. Steam engines. Cleveland. Yeah. Cool. All we, right. That, that's pretty good And then that, that's how you attract free agents. Yes. <laughs> In all sports. Yeah. yeah. That's true. It is an all sports solution. I'll give you that. Okay. Finally. That was great. Finally, we're going to go to our best bet of the week. All right. I have one. How many do you have? I have two. Why don't you go? The Los Angeles Lakers travel to Dallas and are six and a half point favorites. No, sorry. They do not travel. They host Dallas. Yeah. Six and a half point favorites in LA. We were just talking earlier about how we think the Lakers are two and five, but it's a mirage. Yeah. Um, I really like, I think the Lakers are quite good. Um, And, you know, maybe not a 55 win team good, but they're, they're pretty darn good and playing at home. I think if they were, I think if they were a more normal record that we would have expected them to be at this point, you know, they'd be significantly bigger favorites than this. The Mavericks, although Doncic is looking good, you just are not a, a good 30. team. Thirty point eight rebound game, right? But they're not a good team, and they're not they're not in a place to win. If this was, I, I think I like the Lakers minus six and a half a fair amount here. That's a reasonable one. Cool. Stop. I actually considered that one. Nice. Um, I got another one that I want to I want to bet the Jazz again. Okay. They are traveling to Minnesota, and yeah. they are only two and a half point favorites over Minnesota. Right. Minnesota just had a, a nice looking win. They did. And Butler and Towns both look good. But I just think the Jazz are way better than Minnesota. And two and a half is not enough. And do we really know that just because Towns had one good game, does it mean Towns is back? Right. We don't know. We don't know. So even if he isn't back, even if he is back, by the way, Utah still could win this game. And also, Rudy points. Gobert could just shut him down. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I mean, Towns can shoot from the outside, though, and stuff, too. I mean, it's yeah. a little harder to shut him down. But Gobert is a guy who could do it, I guess, if anyone's going to do he it. He could really frustrate him, and we've yeah. seen Towns is prone to having a little pouty session. You yes. know, he took himself out of the game a couple games Utah, ago. Utah's a great defensive team. Also, I know people love Tibbs, blah, 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 but, like, he's not that good. Yeah. And uh, I don't think he's good at any of the things. He has good defensive schemes. That's all I'll give him. So the fact that he has all the power somehow in Minnesota is not good, and I don't know that he's a good overall coach. I don't think he does well with doling out minutes, all these different things. Jimmy Butler loves him. I know that, but like, come on. Um, Quinn Snyder's one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 that's not a bad bet. All right. I'm open to that. What okay. else you got? I got one other one, and that is the Denver Nuggets travel to Chicago. They are seven and a half point favorites. I think that is low. I think they're going to blow them out like the Warriors did, kind of. But Nuggets, any reason for that just, or just because? Well, the Chicago came into the, the season as considered like a team that could put up some points, but is just a fucking garbage fire defensively. Yeah. I think that has been proven to be true. Yeah. Uh, the Nuggets are a dynamic, excellent offensive team. They're better defense than people expected. I, I think it's likely that they win by 20, 25 points here, just like because they're just so much better. And Chicago is just a sieve on defense. They mm. can't stop anybody. Hmm. Let's uh, just go to the standings and take a look at Chicago's uh, points allowed here so we get a sense of it. Chicago's allowing 119 points a game. The only team worse than that in the East anyway is the Wizards, who are averaging 125 points a game wow. scored against them. Other teams doing very poorly or, or worse. Uh, the Lakers are getting 122 scored against them so far. That's not good. Sacramento's at 119 points against as well. 
that's it. Everyone else is better. So that does sort of go to your point a fair amount. Yeah, and how many points are the Nuggets averaging? I bet it's pretty high. Uh, 113 a game. It's actually only okay and like probably a little below average in the NBA, mm. believe it or not. Um, it seems like Denver's a great offensive team, but I think it's because everyone's a great offensive team this yeah, year. Yeah, they are. Um, so it's not, as, it's not as impressive as it would seem. Like, for example, Portland's averaging 119 points a game, six more up per game. They did have an overtime game to help that out. Okay, but still. Denver's um, average has a bigger differential, though. I, I think Denver is just going to just destroy Chicago. I'm not as convinced about this one, honestly. Chicago's at home. Uh, it feels just like normal. Like, you could be right, but you could be wrong, and I don't really know why you'd be right or wrong. I mean, I like, I like sort of like the whole, like, we're sort of get to free roll the Utah bet a little bit in terms of like, well, what if, Ta- if Towns gets pouty at all? Like, we just always win, right? Yeah. Like, that's kind of awesome. Plus, we win a fair amount of the time even when, he, when he's just is normal Towns. Yeah. And... So That's I like true. that one better anyway. Okay. So you want to do my Lakers bet and your uh, Jazz bet? Yeah. That sounds good. All right. We'll get the the Lakers, and they are hosting who again? The Lakers are hosting. See, now I have to look because I've already Dallas. forgotten. Yes, the Mavericks. They're six and a half point favorites, and you think that they're better than that. And the Jazz are traveling to Minnesota and are two and a half point favorites. And right. Betting on both of the favorites. Yes. Sounds great. Feels good. All right. Let's do it. All right. And we lit some money on fire. As always. Oh, 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 oh,